Hello and welcome. She has had a colorful career in broadcasting and media. I met her last year as the professor for my audio production class here at Oakland University. Thank you for joining me, Professor Lena Antoon. And how are you, my dear sweet Tom? Oh, I'm doing just fine. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I was I was very surprised when all of a sudden I get this note coming in from LinkedIn. <laughs> the hell do you want, Tom? <laughs> okay, let's just look. And my phone wasn't working properly. I'll just give it a day and I'll go back in. What do you mean you want me on a podcast? All right. <laughs> sure. No problem. You know what? You're the you're the colorful student. I am just going to take your lead, my friend. I <laughs> do you not get a lot of students uh, requesting you on their podcasts. I don't get any students <laughs> requesting me on their podcast, but I do get a lot of students, my former students that ask for help in other areas. Like I've helped students land internships. Mm -hmm. I've actually had several students ask for letters of recommendation. Mm -hmm. And so any way that I can help a former student, whether they were a favorite of mine or not, I just feel the need that every student just needs to succeed. And in order for me, um, for them to utilize me, it's like, whatever you need me to do, let's just run with it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good on you for uh, helping your students in any way you can, even after they've been in your class. Yeah, and so. and that helps with, you know, maintaining a good relationship. And I also want every student to learn, especially in this business of broadcasting or basically anywhere. Something that I had learned at a very young age, um, I was like 21, and we're not going to say what age I am right now. But when I had met a really good friend of mine, she had this really weird animated poster on her wall and she was um, an executive admin. And she said, be careful with the toads that you step on for they may be connected to the ass that you have to kiss later. <laughs> so I've always taken that at 21 and here I am like 20 some odd years later and I've thought, you know, it's the best thing um, to, to go by in any business. That being said, I thought to myself, you know, don't burn any bridges because you never know what's going to happen. And so, you know, kids, students, young adults always need to learn those things. And if they come to me and they realize to not burn a bridge and to always be copacetic or whatever, then it's about help, you know, paying it forward. And that way they can also help someone later on in their career. You know, they're just starting. Everyone's just starting. So we might as well just figure it out now. And then they'll think later on. You know, Professor Antoon over there helped me out. So <laughs> maybe it's my turn right now. So you never know. You yeah. never know. Being positive and just having a good positive outlook on everything and interacting with people like that will only do good things for you. I would hope. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would hope. I, I hope to always just try and do my best. And if I come off like finicky, if you will, then maybe you just caught me on a semi-bad day. But for the most mm -hmm. part... If you don't do good, it's the the energy you put out is the energy that you get back. And in this business, which is so, so fickle and really so microscopic, that if it if you don't put out the good, it's only going to come back to bite you in the ass. And you know what? Kids these days, young students, young adults, everyone needs a helping hand. And so that way, as long as they know it, then that way they'll remember 10, 12, 15 years. Because I'll tell you, everyone's trying to come out and get your job, trust me, the more you do good, it's not going to happen. So I try and do my best. Mm -hmm. So why is it fickle, as you say? 
Is it the changing in technology that it's part of it or? It's all the above. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's afraid to lose their gig. And so they're so far and few in between these days because of technology and the way that it evolves. You know, I can do, the funny thing is, is one of my many gigs, if you will, is I work for the parent company for iHeartMedia. But the funny thing is, is that I'm a broadcast reporter and an anchor out of Detroit doing several markets in Ohio. So I am essentially doing two jobs in one, and I've taken over other people's positions. Or it's just the way that how the business has evolved, the technology has evolved, the consolidation and the the whole money issue. That being said, people are afraid of she going to take my job. Uh, she's younger than me. She's older than me. You know, she has more experience. She has less experience. So that fickleness comes into play a lot of times. But what I don't want is for a student or anyone for that matter to be like, you know what, I have to be driven and I have to step over everyone's toes because you don't, you just have to be yourself. And to remember that as you move forward. So that way, if someone does take your gig away, don't worry about it. It's not meant to be. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be. So don't even worry about it. So people will move around a lot in this industry? All the time. Mm-hmm. But I chose not to. Um, what was so it? you're talking geographically? Geographically, mm-hmm. yes. It's funny because I've I've jumped all over this market in terms of different stations and different companies, but I've never technically left the Detroit market. And what's funny is, is I've worked, you've heard my voice in Ohio, all the different parts, Columbus, Cleveland, what's the other C? Cincinnati, (laughs) I can't remember, I'm like, huh? Dayton, Chicago, New York City, you know, Port Huron, Windsor, um, and across the pond. But the funny thing is, is that, you know, and I've always stayed based out of Detroit. Geographically, a lot of people tend to like leave Detroit because they have to, because they feel it necessary and they'll just take the jobs. I made it a point to not leave. Um, I had the opportunity and I chose not to do it. Why not? You know what? Because family was first. I chose to have family first and I chose to take care of the people that I love before I had, I put their needs in front of mine and I don't regret it. For all I know, I could have been bigger, but you know what? That's okay. So you just, um, you take what you can get and then you just move forward. And you know what? And I've been fortunate. I'm still on the air. There are moments when I'm not, but then the moments when I am, I just feel blessed. And like I said, if someone needs, you know, a leg up or just a helping hand, here you go. That's okay, because you know what? You never know when they're going to need it. And you never know. For all I know, a former student of mine will maybe become my boss one day. (laughs) That is bound to happen in this business. (laughs) Yeah, people will uh, just enter, and because they have the leg up on uh, being raised in today's technology, and new jobs are always being created. Absolutely. So you never know. This whole podcast and vodcast, I just started like the other day, but you are a native to it, so you are so much better at it than I am. It's only been a year for Doesn't me. make a difference. You're a native in comparison to, to myself. Perhaps. Well, tell me more about yours. So mine is about uh, two women, myself and my closest friend, and since I'm Chaldean, she is black, um, and since we're in our 40s, but we're not going to say the age... <laughs> And, you know, in this day and age and obviously 2018 and all the crap that happens, hashtag me too and all this other stuff, 
just we decided to put together a podcast that has a safe space for whether it's women our age, women um, ahead of us, women before us, whatever the case is, to say what we need to say in a pretty intelligent way. Because I don't know about you, Tom, but have you heard like podcasts and they're just like, and women are like, and that's not going to happen. So we we take it um, in a more in- intellectual uh, stance. And I'm like sh- actually in the midst of texting back and forth. Is the artwork done? <laughs> Did you like this sketch? Did you want to do it this way? Okay, then that's fine. And so it's going to be uploaded. And at 40-something, I'm yet again reinventing myself to not stay ahead of the curve, but just um, to flow. You know, and to have fun with it. Right. Because at the end of the day, isn't this fun, Tom? Oh, it's fun. Oh my God, it's hysterical. You know, I don't I don't make money from this. And I don't really that's not why I started a podcast to begin with. I know there's people they always talk about, oh, that Joe Rogan, that Bill Burr, they're they're millionaires or whatever. Because sure. they do once you're audience reaches a certain point, yeah. You sell ads or run ads on your program, you get money from that. But people like me I would like to think that we do podcasts because it's fun and you learn. I've I've learned a lot from a lot of different people. I'm learning right now on this episode and uh, I just have fun. I think it makes me a better communicator Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I and I always say there's, you know, you can never stop learning and the moment that you stop learning, you stop evolving and then at this point you might as well just take that dirt nap. I'm not even joking because it's like you learn a lot from everyone that you come into contact with, whether it's a little, whether it's a lot, whatever the case is. And that being said, you know, you you can bring that into the fold and then just be a better person and just and expand. And then after that, you can also teach other people. Mm-hmm. And and you learn that literally on a daily basis with the new with new people on a daily basis basis and i totally get what you're saying so yeah um what have you learned from me what did you learn from my audio production class well i mean <laughs> having your class there is some stuff i wanted to talk about that too but just thinking like once i had your class i really did start thinking more about doing this podcast and i had thought about doing it for a couple of years but it's always been something that's been low on the list right i have a lot of things that are still like on a list that i want to start but i haven't yet right but so I had that in mind. I started learning more about audio. It was also at the end of that time, I became PSA director here at the station. So okay, yeah. it was perfect jumping off point. And then my friend Kenny, who I told you about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, we were sitting down at a Chinese restaurant and uh, I said, I want to do a podcast. And he's like, okay. And then he just, he Boom. came on my first episode and uh, he kind of held my hand in uh, actually starting it. So Kenny but, is a part of like the podcast world he, and he, yeah. he has the knowledge and just told you step one, step two, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Well, yep. that's fantastic. Yeah, he's been a great friend uh, helping me. He's been on more than anyone else. He's always uh, a delight to talk to. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm glad that that, um, that, that uh, class was a mm-hmm. slight nudge. And sometimes it does take a nudge. Yep. I remember a while ago, maybe while I was actually teaching you, um, someone had kept on saying, we need to do a podcast. We need to do a podcast. No, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. Why not? It'd be great. 
I don't feel like it. What part? I don't feel the need. If I have nothing to contribute, why am I going to waste my time and energy and then just start yakking and like blowing hot air? Who's going to listen? Why would anybody listen? You know, Mm -hmm. there needs to be relevance when it comes to a podcast. And then one day I got turned down twice for the same job. That's a long story. That's just a whole bunch of shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and I'm so happy because the moment that happened, the second time, all I did was just look to the sky and I said, yeah, that was a blessing in disguise. And then I got really pissed, you know, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I called out my girlfriend and I said, do you believe this bullshit? They freaking like turned me down for the second time. Not meant to be. Okay, I get that. And then all of a sudden, Cam, yeah, let's do a podcast. It's it's now like barking. Let's go. Okay. And then it's been like six months in the making. But the fact of the matter is, is you have to feel something like it was just something. There had to have been a jump off for Mm -hmm. you. Same thing with me. I did not feel anything until all of a sudden a light bulb just clicked. And I'm like, yep, that's the way to go. So. Wow. While I'm still doing like a hundred other things. Yeah. Because that's what, you know, we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you have a love for media in general, you often are doing everything that you can do right. to uh, further yourself in that area right? and it, learn from life. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, just as I was finishing up with you guys, I had gotten a call to be a producer for a health and lifestyle show that's syndicated across the world. So between being a producer, being a professor, being, um, being a podcaster, mm-hmm. being a traffic reporter, um, I was just... Uh, at a pancake breakfast for the parade company here in town. And, you know, someone from the Better Business Bureau looked at me and said, so what are you doing now, Lena? And she knew that I had (laughs) so many hats. I was wearing so many hats. Well, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this. You want to take on this? Sure, just give me a call and, you know, we'll start talking or whatever. And it's like you keep every option open and not just that, but you are constantly learning because you're no better than anybody else as far as I'm concerned. And that's what makes you relevant and that's what makes you important. And also, if I don't do those things, I don't like that saying those who can't teach, no asshole. (laughs) Not only can I teach, but I can do. Get off. (laughs) Uh, I've missed you, Lena. Uh, I'm so happy to hear that, Tom. <laughs> yeah. It's been like a year. It has. Yeah. I can't believe, like, seriously, it's mm-hmm. been exactly one year. Pretty much. What the fuck? Yeah. All right. And, you know, in that time, um, a lot has changed for both of us, I think. I think so. Yeah. T- tell me more about that uh, show you're producing. Was it Ask Dr. Nandy? Yeah, it was, as a matter of fact. He literally... No joke. So this is how it came. And this is where I say you don't burn any bridge ever. I've always stayed in touch and on good terms with basically everyone that I used to work with over at Channel 4 WDIV, the NBC affiliate here in Detroit. Well, the news director over at WXYZ ABC happened to be my first executive producer at WDIV. I was just looking for 
work. Let's just put it that way. More supplemental work for the following semester. Because all I was going to do, all I was going to do, actually (laughs) all I was, you know, one solid income that was about to come in was teaching. And I was going to teach television production here at OU. So I thought, "Mm, I think I need a little bit more stuff. And I started looking and I found this whole Dr. Nandy producer. Okay, fine. Put my resume in through Indeed. And then I didn't hear anything for about, I would say, a week. Thought, okay, fine. I went and I emailed my old uh, executive producer, who's now the news director over at Channel 7. Hey, can you pass my shit along? She's absolutely. Pass it along. Funny thing is, is the person that was filtering through the resumes off the Indeed also looked at it and flagged it and said, I think we need to like take a look at her. So not only did the news director over at Channel 7 pass it along to Dr. Nandy himself, but then the person that was flagging all the resumes flagged it and sent it over to Dr. Nandy, not knowing Two of them were coming from two different, the same thing was coming from two different directions. And then Dr. Nandy himself called on someone and said, get her on right now, because obviously she's coming highly recommended. So uh, I get a call, the 11th hour, hey, would you like to be a producer? Okay, well, you have your pick. Do you want to be an executive producer? Do you want to be a producer? And I said... You know what? I'll just take a producer. Gig. I'm not, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Right. And I already have, you know, school is a priority. Um, you know, teaching is a priority. And I already committed to that. I already signed my contract. So I did that. And um, no joke, I was December 1st, I got the letter and my contract saying, hey, this is what's going to happen. And I was like, okay, not exactly the money that I'm looking for, but... You can never learn too much. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. And and thankfully, um, and it literally was two two and a half months, two months of pre-pro and then 10 days of straight production in a studio. It was like five days on, Tuesday, two days off, five days on again. And it was a boom, boom, boom. And when we start, and it was during a snowstorm, <laughs> we started at seven in the morning and we didn't end until like 10 o'clock at night. Whoa. We were doing shows. They were, you know, Dr. Nandy himself had to like change, do makeup, do teasers, do promos, whatever the case is. We're right. We're still writing scripts. We're throwing them into the prompter. We're getting our guests that were coming in from out of town, out of the country, even. Whoa. Yeah, it was just crazy. But the the rush just made me remember how much I loved television. So I mean, it came as a fluke. It came at the eleventh hour, and it's like I said to them, "Hey." When are you going to sign me up again? They're like, you're going to do it again? Yes, let's do it again. So that'll probably be my 15th job <laughs> in about two weeks, whatever the case is. I don't care, but yeah. Right. So So it's like on a hiatus currently? It is because he is now, he's syndicated in I don't know how many hundreds of countries. They're waiting for the ratings to come in because mm-hmm. what was actually uh, produced uh, and uh, shot back in February did not start running until September because Whoa. they did they did 40 shows and I produced eight of those 40 shows. So, you know, it was a team of two that produced eight shows a piece. And by the time everything was shot and edited and pitched and whatever, it didn't start running until September and it's a full season. And so it goes all the way through until May. 
right. Whoa. So we may start shooting up again, maybe in, well, I would think production starts up again in January or February, but we'll see what happens. Until then, we'll see. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you were at Channel 4, WDIV. That was my first gig straight out of college. No way. Yeah. That was my first gig. What did you do there? So I started as a PA and um, I got paid minimum wage and everyone gets all pissed off, especially college students. How dare you only get paid minimum wage? I'm worth so much more money. (laughs) I paid how much money for my goddamn degree Mm -hmm. and I'm getting what again? And not only that, but I worked on the morning show, which means that I was there at four in the morning and I was there until about noon several days a week and I got to know every single aspect that there was but the thing is back then which was 20 some odd years ago they um, had um, a lot of unions so I couldn't touch a button to save my life (laughs) yeah Um, couldn't touch a camera that was union couldn't touch any of the the gear or the equipment that was union uh, the only thing that wasn't union were the producers, the PAs, and the anchor people. The anchor people stopped being a uh, union prior to us, prior to me walking in. So I started as a PA, then worked my way up what was called, excuse me, a tape coordinator. I mean, everything was on three quarters. Oh, everything was on three quarters. Oh, boy. I, and that, to you, it sounds, ah, to me, it was like, like dream, just dream. <laughs> And then it went to digital tape and I was like, look at this, this is fantastic. And so I dealt with the library and I made sure and I was like air traffic control. Someone called me like air traffic control Hmm. and said that because I I coordinated the producers with the writers, with the reporters that were out on the field to the editors to make sure that everything, all the video that you saw hit air on time with no black holes whatsoever. Right, right. And that lasted about four years. And then then I understood the real reason of firing. I mean, it's it's one thing when, you, when you're in radio and you get technically fired or everyone gets blown out, it's because of a format change. When you get fired, when it comes to television, it's because someone does not like you or um, your contract's ended. Well, since I didn't have a contract because I wasn't union, then... It was easier for a person that disliked me to fire me. And wow. Just fine because it came back around. Really? For that person, yeah. Uh-oh. And being in your 20s and then going into your 30s, you basically um, have an identity crisis at that point because you just think my end and all being is my job. Mm-hmm. You know, no one, no one recognizes me without having the title producer channel four whatever the case is okay so it took me about at least six months to finally like get out of bed and be like i need to do something because this is just the i'm done with this and so i actually turned around and by the ninth month i turned around and sent my boss a thank you card for firing me That's uh Thank you for firing wow. me. I appreciate it. Um <laughs> you did me a favor. I got back my sanity. I appreciate it. That's like something you see in a movie. And it's something that I actually did. Wow. <laughs> I might have to steal that one day. 
I hope it never happens. <laughs> but if it does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking like in the movie. Oh, in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Steal that little portion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. the dude that I was like, here, put it in her mailbox. I'm not going to do that. You're going <laughs> to do that. Why not? Yeah. That's, what, that what are they going to do? She's going to shoot me. She'll never know. Just when she's not looking, just put it in her mailbox. Mm, it's a she. Why would you? Yeah. It was a female. <laughs> that, if that tells you anything. Why would you give her a thank you card? Because she did me a favor. I got back my sanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He never did. He never got back his sanity. But I digress. <laughs> so you mentioned that you obviously you've been fired because someone didn't like you. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned in radio you get fired because of format changes. Has okay. that happened to you? Yes, that actually did. It was the first uh, radio station that I worked at. And it was probably and the best one that I've worked at thus far. Um, I was 21. It just um, gotten laid off from... Um, a gig as an accounts receivable, uh, not too far from here, actually, it was at a law firm. And I had started uh, working at this law firm when I was like 17, just before I turned 18, and then started going to school part time and thinking, oh, I'll become a lawyer. Now I think I'll become a paralegal. And, you know, the site was to come to OU to be a paralegal, to like go into their paralegal school. And then all of a sudden, um, I get laid off because of technology, which is fine in the midst of that. Okay, so what do you want to do? I think I'll just go into radio because I kind of know radio. And so what they ended up doing, and this was back then, this was in the early 90s, I ended up taking like this music test, um, match the the title of the song with the artist. And so for me, it's always like in my head, Name that tune, name that tune. I can mm-hmm. name any tune, a pop tune, if you will, within like the first two two bars or whatever. Oh, wow. So I just did everything and handed it in. And the dude was like, you're the only person that's ever like matched everything up. Well, doesn't that happen with everybody? <laughs> like in my head. Yeah. People that work at the station should know which song goes. No, no. one. The people that work here don't listen to the station. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> What the fuck? Okay, fine, whatever. So I'm there for two and a half years. And in the midst of that, it went from like pop to hip hop, which was fantastic. But then all of a sudden, by the mid 90s, grunge kicked in. And so you saw the whole, everyone got blown out hmm. by a certain point. And I was like, I I think I was the, the first, I was either the first or the second wave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why, you know, the first firing, (laughs) why did this happen? Format change. No one likes grunge. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) And then uh, I spoke to my PD and words of wisdom once again. And I said, I don't need to go to school. I can do promotions for the rest of my life. Who the hell needs a freaking degree? Mm -hmm. He turned to me and said, Go back to school now, because by the time I had I had gotten there, I was still at um, OCC part time. By the time I finished, by the time that format flip hit and we got blown out, I had just stopped going to school because I had just exhausted all the gen ed credits and all this other Mm -hmm. stuff. And he was like, go back to school, go back to school and get a degree. Why? Just get a degree. 
I'm telling you. So I lollygagged for literally two and a half years. No shit. (laughs) I didn't go back literally for two and a half years. I finally went back because once again, no one's one's hiring me for no reason. You don't have a degree. You know what the hell you're doing. Is this all you can do type of a thing? Whatever the case is. Mm. And then went back to school and uh, went through my series of... um, internships and then finally i ended up graduating and about three months later i ended up getting the gig at uh, channel four but my first gig was in radio at 21 with um uh 96.3 and back then it was the call letters were whyt and um it went from top 40 to basically hip-hop the whole era of hip-hop and like Belle Biv DeVoe, it was the beginning of Dr. Dre. We had what was called Friday Night Live, where we ended up having, you know, raw talent and raw MCs and like you know, up and coming uh, rap artists and who 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 files in. And 1995 or 94, whatever the f- was Eminem himself, this little white dude, like trying to do open mic night and live on the air. So you're there when Eminem walks in? Yeah, and I barely like recognize oh, who the hell is this. I'd go in the back. I'd go in the back and I'd just be like, hey, 96.3. And then I was like answering phones. Who do you need to speak with? And don't swear. None of the seven deadly words, blah, 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 blah. I didn't even pay attention to this white little boy rapper. I was like, whatever, dude. Have a night. Because I was more interested in all the other ones that mm-hmm. were coming through than him. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> So you could have been the one who gave Eminem his big shot? Actually, Lisa Lisa did. Okay. Lisa Lisa did. And he still credits Lisa Lisa to this day. And any, like, articles that you read about his early, you know, times doing stuff or whatever, his what before he would go down to St. Andrews, he'd be... Lisa'd be like, get him on the air. And she she pu- totally pumped him up and all this other stuff. And I was just in the background like, yeah, I'll, I'll get the phone calls for you. Okay. Yeah. Who do you want to hear? And, you know, Marshall, whatever the case. Okay, fine. Was he going by Marshall at the time? I don't even remember because that's how much I didn't care. That's how much I didn't oh, care. Yeah. That's great. I know. <laughs> oh, I'm glad it all worked out for him. <laughs> right? I, I was no hindrance whatsoever. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah. That's great, though. And I wanted to tell you, too, from our audio production class, one of my favorite things was that field trip. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> that we took. It was to 54 Sound. And that is, of course, where Eminem used to record all of his stuff, right? Up through 8 Mile. Uh, 8 Mile, the 8 Mile soundtrack was there as well. Wow. Um. He now has a new studio, which is literally just a few few doors down from there. And once oh. again, it's inconspicuous. But nonetheless, um, with Joel Martin, he did everything up through a certain point. And 8 Mile just happened to be, for me, it, was one, it wasn't so much one of his pivotals. But my God, when you win an Oscar, mm-hmm. when you win an Oscar from like, as far as I'm concerned, one of the best rap songs there ever was, you know, not the best, but one of the best. Mm-hmm. There you go. So... And the fact that Dre recreated that whole, or they recreated that whole entire Dre studio in 54 Sound, I thought was fantastic. So I'm just glad that you appreciated it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It was cool, not just from seeing the equipment itself, like, because there were two parts, right? There was right. the older area. Right. And then there was the more... Sophisticated yes. and new area, right? Exactly. exactly right. So seeing the old area 
and knowing what they were able to create there, right. all the different stuff that was produced in that area, it really made me think about how you just use what you have and it doesn't necessarily matter how expensive your equipment is. No, or it doesn't. what age you're living in, whether it's analog or digital. Right. It's all about your idea and how you execute it. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Eminem got it right. I think 54 Sound got it right. I also believe that, you know, it, it helps that the technology, if you have, um, you know, some of the best technology, that's great. Um, I think that actually helps you along in the process. Sure. But at the end of the day, if you don't have talent, literally get the fuck out. I'm not even, and I'm not trying to be an asshole about the situation, but it's like, if you don't know how to use the equipment, if you don't have the talent, then why are you even there? And if you will either hone the talent or it's never going to be there. Because, you know, there may be an inkling of talent there. You just have to hone your skills mm -hmm. and then just get it down. Because it's like, I've when I'm on the bike, I didn't like this at 21. I didn't even like it at 30. I finally decided, oh, maybe at 32 or 33, I think I'll like start getting on the mic. But I had the talent and I had the drive to do it. And so I didn't have, and I still don't have all the technology that it takes, mm -hmm. but it doesn't make a difference because I'll make do with what I have and then just move forward. And um, I make lemons out of lemonades. Or mm -hmm. is it lemonades out of lemons? What, what's, what, which way is it? If you have lemons, make lemonade. There I think you go. that's how yes, it goes. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Chicken and the egg, that kind of thing. <laughs> the chicken and the egg, exactly. <laughs> what came first? Well, you know. But yeah, that's that's exactly. Have the talent, work with what you have, and it'll all come through. At least I think so. Well, wow. Is there anything else that people should know about this industry in general? You know what? Just remember to keep your head on straight as best as you possibly can. Um, really don't get as fickle. I mean, have a laugh at it. And if you get into it, just um, do it because you'd like to and remember the concepts. But don't um, don't let it suck you in. I mean, I still have friends that um, I have a friend and he works over at Fox 2. And he tells me stories all the time. And I said, really? aren't we just over that already? No. Okay, whatever. So, you know, people just, um, it's a matter of, you know, trying to get ahead and I get that. But you know what? You'll get ahead. If you're meant to get ahead, you're meant to get ahead. And if you have the talent, you're really meant to get ahead. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter at what age. I mean, in my head, um, what, Morgan Freeman wasn't huge until when? What age? I, I don't know, but he seems like he's been around forever. So Right, like- you're he's always looked old. He's That's always looked old. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is he didn't start at like 20 or 30. I think it took him time to like get to where he's right. at. I mean, I don't think he hit his success mm -hmm. until his 40s or even in his 50s. The same goes with um, a few other actors. And Alan uh, Rickman, I think, didn't start till he was 27. Do you know Alan Rickman? Why does that name sound familiar? He's Snape from Harry Potter. I thought he, w he did it at an older age. That's what I'm saying. Well, he didn't start until 27. But then he didn't get successful until? I mean, it, I don't know when he got successful, but if you're starting at 27, you're probably not getting successful right away. No. So, mm -hmm. you know, probably 10, 20, 25 years. Right. And remind me again, didn't he pass? Yeah, he passed a few years ago now. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he he hit his he hit his peak or whatever. Like, it took him a while to even get there. So, yeah, it's like, 
you know, and with this industry, and I'll say it literally is a journey and just enjoy the journey while you're on it. Because um, once you get to that destination, sometimes you just have to stop. It'll end up stopping sooner than you think. So just enjoy it while you can. And please don't step on any toes. That kind of hurts. <laughs> right. I'm like cringing right now and cringing right now and folding my toes as I say mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. I don't even know if I want to bring this up. Go ahead. It seems like the perfect segue. You know, I'm a filmmaker. I was in the Film Challenge Detroit two years in a row. And last year, I was in your class when I was part of the top 10. I remember. You, you told me to say hello to a certain person. And uh, <laughs> this person. Say um, his name. I don't even care. <laughs> well, I don't know if he'll care. Uh, he probably won't even hear this, though. So, <laughs> I love, I love Devin Skillian with all of my heart. Um, and when you said to him, oh, yeah, by the way, my professor says, hi. What did he say? He said, oh, yeah, Lena, she's great, but she's crazy. Right. <laughs> so, at first, here's the funny thing, Tom. At uh-huh. first, I was so offended so offended i'm like the fuck how am i crazy and then i went to um went to my friend i said do you believe this bullshit he called me fucking crazy to your student to my student (laughs) and then he said lena take it as a compliment and i literally had to step back and think yeah you know what there there's only one of me so sorry for the rest of you, but there's only one of me. Mm-hmm. And if I'm crazy, it's because I'm just passionate about everything. And he he knows that. So um, that said, I think he meant it as a compliment. And what's funny, I think, I'm going to like say it like that. Um, <laughs> I was I was at breakfast a few weeks ago with a girl that also used to do sales for like 11 years over at Channel 4. And she's she's pretty good friends. You know, she stays in contact with Devin himself. And I said, you believe the shit? He called me crazy. (laughs) And she says, you know what? He did the same thing to me. I said, but you're friends with him. (laughs) I think he likes you, Lena. And I'm like, "Okay, good. I I think I'm okay." (laughs) And and you know, I'm just going to keep that in my head. I'm not going to I'm not going to think otherwise. If he meant otherwise, whatever. But you know what? You know, in my crazy head, it's all good. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Would I, you have it any other way, Tom? Well, here's what I can tell you. My uh, my former, she'll like that I said that now because she's always correcting me on saying old teacher. My former teacher from high school, uh, theater, uh, Krista Manfredi, she's been on the podcast before. She produces films with me. She has this saying, and it goes like this. You might appreciate this. The biggest mistake you'll ever make is thinking I'm stupid. Crazy, yes. Stupid, no. That's fine. You like that? I work that. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. work that, yeah. That works for me. Yeah. That totally works for me. And, you know, being crazy, if that's how people perceive you, I think at the very least that means you stand out and you are unique. Absolutely. So I don't take it offense anymore. I think I used to when I was a kid, but when people call me weird. No, work no, with that. I actually stride. I don't blame Thrive so. on that. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, shit, someone else had said something to that effect. Like, uh, go with go with the people that are weird mm-hmm. and crazy because they're the ones to follow because they're the ones that will succeed. You know, if you go with the people that just are the wallpaper, mm-hmm. if they blend in, they ain't going to do shit. 
you, you, you can't, you know, and not just that, but you don't learn from them. And so we learn off of one another. We'll bounce ideas off of one another. The same with you and your former professor or your teacher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if Devin likes to call me crazy, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm more than okay with that one because it's like, you know what? There's only one of me. Mm-hmm. And that's all the world can handle. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> so the moral of the story is Devin can suck it. Now, we're... <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've reached pretty much the end here. Is there anything you want to tell people in terms of how they can find the stuff that you work on? Where can they go? If anyone wants to get a hold of me, <laughs> get a hold of Tom and he will give you my email and or LinkedIn and then we'll just go from there. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, you never know when I can help out someone or if they can help out me. I mean, like I told you, Tom, this is a small industry, so you got to do what you can. You got to do what you can and stay relevant. I'm trying. (laughs) You will. You will. At such a young age, you will. I, I, I have high hopes for you, and it's going to just continue and continue. Regardless, it's going to continue. I appreciate that. And I'm sure for you as well. Yeah, while I'm <laughs> while I'm, you know, dealing with my dentures and um and and my arthritic uh back and as all long this. as someone can wheel you up to the microphone. Oh my god, <laughs> yes. Oh and I have ideas now for a screenplay because oh. right now I'm thinking, yeah, I know. Because right now I'm like, I kind of still want that Oscar. I need to start writing that screenplay. And so when an idea comes to you, Tom, mm-hmm. if you have a journal throw it in there because i just did that the other day i'm i'm already way ahead of you i got notes all over the place see now the thing is i'm just a scattered brain i maybe it's just our whole you know i what think is it? so is it the left brain or is it the right brain um i think the right brain is the creative side okay yeah, so we got two right brains that's how i think i think it. we have two right brains mm-hmm. because i don't know how to do one plus one <laughs> that being said i am add i have this very good but not in a bad way <laughs> in a great way <laughs> There's nothing wrong with my ADD as far as I'm concerned. So now I just take the uh, the little notebook, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, I was watching something the other day and it finally hit me. <sighs> Screenplay. And so I literally just sat down and wrote two pages out of all the ideas to, to do it. And um, yeah, maybe that'll happen one day. Yeah. You knew your professor way back when. <laughs> You'll probably end up directing it for all I know. Maybe. You never know. If I'm at that point. Uh, we'll make you at that point. Okay. 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 <laughs> it's a deal. It's a deal. Pinky swear. Pinky swear. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the next best thing to a, a blood pact, but we don't need to do that. No, we're not doing that. No. Well, thank you once again for coming on. I had so much fun. I'm glad you did. I did you. too. Yeah. I'm like, I'm thirsty. I can't believe I talked as much <laughs> I know, as I know. I saw did. that water sitting there and you haven't doing... touched it. <laughs> Well, anytime you want to come on, just let me know. Just, well, you have my number or my email, whatever you want to call it, and then just sure. go from there. I'm, I keep having fun, so as long as I'm having fun, I'm going to keep doing this. If you have questions, then I have answers. All right. 